I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome everybody to this latest edition of Pick a Flick, and this week we are all about Rocky. I'm your host, Tony Black, and I'm joined today by uh, my first guest, which is on his second appearance, um, the week after the last one in fact, on uh, Pick a Flick, which is Mr. Andrew Brooker. Hello. How are you doing? You alright? I am good, thank you. Thank you for having me back on. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Two specials in two weeks. I know, I'm quite chuffed with that. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's good going. (laughs) And uh, right in front of me, sitting before me, is uh, in his first appearance on Pick a Flick, my best friend, and uh, he's he's not quite his uh, his own real name today, Mr. Ivan Drago. I must break you. <laughs> Otherwise known as Matt Howell, dressed in Ivan Drago's uh, dressing gown. How are you, Matt? I'm fine, thank you. Nice and warm. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, there will be pictures of this on Twitter, but it's... Uh, He's dressed for the occasion, which is brilliant. But yes, today, in honour of Creed being released in the cinemas, we have decided to come together and discuss all things Italian Stallion. So we're going to go through all seven Rocky films, well, six Rocky films and Creed, uh, which is, of course, part of the Rocky-verse. And we're going to, uh, as all big fans of Rocky, and a relative newcomer with, with me, actually, we're going to discuss the franchise and what we think. And before that... I just encourage everyone to um, find us on Twitter at Pick a Flick Pod um, because we're gonna, we're active on there. We're also on Facebook at Pick a Flick, and remember to add us on iTunes and leave us a lovely review. That would be really good because that will help our ratings go through the roof and more people listen to Pick a Flick, and it will just be even better. So please do subscribe on iTunes. Just type in Pick a Flick. So on that, let's pick a flick. Rocky is a 1976 American sports drama film directed by John G. Avildsen and both written by and starring Sylvester Stallone. It tells the rags to riches American dream story of Rocky Balboa, an uneducated but kind-hearted working-class Italian-American boxer working as a debt collector for a loan shark 
in the slums of Philadelphia. Rocky starts out as a small-time club fighter who later gets a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. It also stars Talia Shire as Adrian. Adrian! We had to get it in there straight away. <laughs> Burt Young as Adrian's brother Paulie, Burgess Meredith as Rocky's trainer, Mickey Goldmill and Carl Weathers as the champion Apollo Creed. Rocky then was made on a budget of just over a million, and it was shot in 28 days and was a sleeper hit. It earned $225 million in global box office receipts, becoming the highest grossing film of 1976. And it went on to win three Oscars, including Best Picture, which a lot of people don't remember, actually. The film received many positive reviews and turned Stallone into a major star. And it's been ranked as the second best sports film ever made just after Raging Bull by the AFI in 2008. So, gents, Rocky, the very first Rocky... Is this the film that made you fall in love with the franchise? Because you're both fans, bigger fans, I think, of this than me, even though I really like it. I honestly, I don't know what film it was that made me a fan of Rocky. I just kind of, it was always there when I was growing up. So it wasn't until recently when I sat and rewatched all of them back to back that I actually realised just how much I enjoyed the first one. I would say, yeah, probably this is the start of my love for it, but I'm not sure it was the, the one that made me interested the most. So I couldn't tell you which one it was, to be fair. Yeah, maybe watching the fourth one in the time of renting videos. Yeah. <laughs> we, always, we always rented Rocky Four, and then you kind of go back and rent the other the other three before it and kind of appreciate them all. I think getting older, realising that Rocky One is the best quality film out of them all, really. Would you say? Would you both say that? Would you both think the first Rocky is, is still the pinnacle of the franchise? I don't think so. Not quite. I really, really enjoy. It. I think my favourite one's probably Balboa, the the second to last one. I thought mm. it was great. But Rocky Balboa is very good because yeah. it kind of it just it has more of a modern sensibility in a way, doesn't it? We'll of course get to that later. But what what is it about like the first Rocky then that you think made it so popular and so beloved? It's a rags to riches story, isn't it? It's a, a a film that everybody can relate to because everybody wants to to make it big, and I think it works it works equally so because it was a rags to riches story for Stallone as well, wasn't it? Mm. They didn't want Stallone to do to be Rocky at first. <laughs> they wanted like Robert Redford, or but I think Stallone demanded that because they wanted to buy the script off him. He demanded, "I must, you won't have it unless I play him." <laughs> well, apparently, yeah, it was. Um... Robert Redford, Ryan O'Neill, Burt Reynolds, or James Caan, who were all in the running by you, United Artists. <laughs> Matt's just shaking his head. Um, None of those would have been good. No, I, th- I think I think they would have maybe done okay. But I think there's just something about. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we Stallone is synonymous with Rocky more than anything yeah. else right now. But is there a reason for that beyond the fact that we just think of him as Rocky? Is he the why is he the best choice out of all those guys? Well, I don't think anyone else could have got off six films worth a franchise out of it, could they? I mean, as low as the quality dips towards the end, they they still had the you know, the uh the star power, shall we say. He had the star power to get six films out of it before they took a break. Uh, I don't think anybody else could have done that. Stallone he kind of rising himself, he's that, that is him. He was a jobbing actor. He wanted to be famous. He's one big shot, contrasting to Rocky's big shot at being the champion. It was it's worked out quite well for him, really. It's the parallel, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose. But it was, wasn't it? Because nobody knew who he was. I think he had like one or two credits before that that no one knows what they are. And he went in and and instead of taking, I think they offered him three hundred and fifty thousand for the script. Mm. He, he turned and went. Well, no, I'd I'd rather. 
I want to star in it. You're not making the film unless I star in it because I want to do it. And yeah, it was from a guy who had absolutely nothing but a script in his hand, you know, went and became one of the most famous people on the planet. It's a great, like, like we say, parallel, but it's also, I think that the key to why Rocky's so, and I only, I only, believe it or not, I'd seen them a little bit as kids, but I'd only really properly sat through the Rocky films last summer for the first time. And what I think I got from it, you know, a lot of people say, you know, they remember the cheesy Rockies, which we'll get to later. But what I think surprised me about the first Rocky was just how, how or not it's serious is the wrong word, but dramatic and emotional yeah. and really quite gritty the first film is. And I, that shocked me. I was like, wow, I didn't expect this from, you know, you think of Stallone these days, you think of Demolition Man and all the big, not that that's a bad film, because Matt Latham will kill me if I say that, mm. but... Um, <laughs> No, it, it, the more blockbustery kind of Stallone things and the cheesy lines, whereas the Rocky film, the first film, it's very naturalistic. Philadelphia's a bit of a, a dump in it, really. In the, in the, it's not much, not very pretty. The only pretty bit is probably when he when he runs up the stairs and you see the back seat from his view. It's yeah, quite, it's kind of yeah, it's gritty, real urban place to be in the seventy in seventies America. Yeah, it's true. By the time I got to, to Rocky and actually being able to understand what I was watching, because, of course, I, I don't think I was even born when the first one came out. Yeah. You know, by the time I got to it and got to appreciating films, I think I'd seen more Rocky parodies than I'd seen of Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? So by the time I got to watching, and like I said, just before Christmas, I started re-watching the lot in time for Creed. By the time I got to watching them and appreciating them for what they were, you, you can't help but roll your eyes. Hey, Adrian! Because <laughs> every fucking parody for the last 20 years has put it in there somewhere. Yeah. I think the thing, because it's had the piss taken out of it so much, by the time you get to appreciating what you're watching when you watch the first one, it's a lot grittier than you yeah. than you realise it's going to be, like you say. Like, like, you know, like you said, Philadelphia's quite down and dirty. You feel the underdog nature of it a lot more. And obviously later films, it's a different kind of story because he's made it and things like that. But you really get that underdog sense. The way it's shot is very, like I said, naturalistic. Stallone, you know, he does he does like to monologue quite a bit. <laughs> he does like to just rattle off and start, keep talking for ages. You know, he's walking along and he's very like, yeah, well, I know this and I do that because I'm streetwise. And it, <laughs> after a while, it's a he little bit... He does it really well, though. He does do it really well. It does maybe a bit too much of it, but he does do it really well. And I think he's the whole, you know establishment of him and Apollo Creed as rivals he's done really well you know you've got to give it to the rest of the cast as well Stallone's brilliant as Rocky and he makes you care straight away but everyone else is really good as well you know the relationship between him and Adrian and him and Apollo is just really well put to the, put on the screen I love the name Apollo Creed <laughs> and a child attempted to call him Apollo Apollo Howell Apollo Howell yeah. brilliant yeah it's not a bad name yeah, I think I think it's just got a lot of really interesting things. Although there were certain things that were changed during filming. Originally, Mickey was going to be racist, and at the end, the script was going to end with Rocky throwing the fight after he realised he didn't want to be a professional boxer. Now that would have been interesting how the sequel would have would have gone for that, really. But uh, I think they wanted to maybe tweak it so he's a li- it's a little bit more of that hero the, that hero underdog story which i think is probably was probably a good idea but you wouldn't have got a franchise out of a thrown fight at the end no you? i don't think so i think that would have been i think that would have been difficult the, the other great thing as well about this is the um the music yeah cuz the 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 soundtrack is brilliant for rocky for all the rocky films it's got the iconic this is before i of the tiger as well cuz i of the tiger was what film that was film 3 wasn't three, it yeah. 
It was three, yeah. And that's one of the big ones everyone associates with Rocky, but this is the, the classic Rocky theme, which you'll have heard open the podcast. Yeah, I love Bill Conti's music for this. It's quite sad at the end, the music at the end. Mm. It's quite, it ends on quite a set sombre note, in yeah. a way, the music. I always get, makes you feel... Oh. <laughs> You're quite happy at the end that they get together because it yeah. is about them. Yeah, it kind yeah. of overshadows the fact that you hear Apollo winning in the dis- the background on points, but it's not about that, is it? It's about him and Adrian falling in love. Yeah, and then and then this music comes on and it's very it's nice. Yeah, it's nice yet quite sad. There's a nice sort of mournful romantic yeah. theme to to the Rocky music as 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 apart apart from the traditional training the montage. Piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ding ding. Yeah, the piano. It's true. But I, I think I think it's a lovely it's a lovely score, and it, it just goes with a really just a really well put together film altogether. And I, and you can see why people I think would think still think it's the best one, wouldn't you? Really, it's very good. It's an excellent film. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on then, and let's go on to understandably the sequel. So Rocky was 1976. So let's move on and discuss Rocky Two, which was again directed, written by and stars Sylvester Stallone and is actually a sequel to the last film and it sees pretty much the most of the main cast reprise their roles. Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed, Burgess Meredith as Mickey, Burt Young as Paulie and and Talia Shire. And this story is very much about the rematch, isn't it? So this one sees Rocky and Apollo Creed going up again and it's it's because there's unfinished business basically isn't there this in terms of the actual fight but also Rocky's personal life as well well Apollo is embarrassed about what happened kind of he's, the amount of abuse he's got after the fight yeah saying he, he carried him and for, for the whole fight he didn't prove himself it's kind of proving to himself that he can beat him and whereas Rocky's kind of Rocky feels he's proved himself he doesn't need to Fight. He's got married. He's got his house, and he's happy. But Apollo kind of calls him out. Yeah, and he kind of brings calls him a coward, and he's that brings him back into it. Poor old Creed's got a bit of a bruised ego to deal yeah. with now, hasn't he? He's very proud, isn't he? He's very proud and, and strong. And it's interesting how I think throughout this, the first three films, especially the way that Apollo develops as well as Rocky, I think is really interesting. And this this second film you know, continues that journey to them ultimately, ultimately becoming friends as well as professional sort of rivals. But is Rocky two as good? Because I, I think I think the first two are probably two of the best. I, I will I will carry it that with up until Creed, which I think he's on a par, but and we'll get to that much later. But I think the first two Rockies are are good, but I I've personally always thought Rocky two was a little bit less impressive than the first one. What do you guys think? I think that's right. you don't ha- you don't have the uh the underdog undertone if you like of the film this time around so it's it's the uh the story isn't it of stallone who thinks well the world thinks he's the champion even though he didn't win he gets the moral victory over creed and creed has to kind of he what he refuses to deal with that and, and goes back like i say with a a bit of a bruised ego and even though he said you know there's not going to be a rematch instantly he's like no no no, we've got to do this again we've got to do this again you know it's got to be definitive and Rocky just doesn't doesn't care. He doesn't want to do it. And I don't. I think it's not quite as good a film, but at the same time, it's it's a slightly different film. So it hasn't got a world to build up first. So you get straight into the story of the uh, the champ versus versus Stallone, and you get straight into the training and the uh, 
the stuff going on with his family and stuff. I, you haven't got to worry about all his background anymore because it's all been told already. I think it's it's a it's an excellent extension of the first one, as opposed to just a good sequel. It's an excellent way to follow on. It would, would any if any sequel could be like be as good to the first one as Rocky Two was to Rocky One. I think we'd all be much happier when the cash and sequels come out. Yeah, it's true. It's 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 a, it is a it is a companion piece. It feels like a natural extension of of the first film, and I think that it's it doesn't quite have the same impact as the first one. And it, oddly enough, it it's weird. I think it's forget it's more forgettable than a lot of the other films. It does lull. I think when Adrian falls into the coma, yeah, he kind of nothing much really happens. Yeah, yeah. He kind of just sits by his side for like. 10, 15 minutes, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he kind of waits, and then he builds back up to he's in the montages. and Yeah, yeah. Say, it does, it, there is a lull in the film. Yeah. Well, Stallone, in a way, I don't think he, he quite knows how to balance plot and character work, yeah. really. He kind of just either does one or the other. It's like he doesn't really understand how to, in a way, fuse the two properly. So he, quite often, I think, when, when, he, when he's directing these films, they'll just stop you know, to, to do something. <laughs> and then it'll be like, oh, okay, we'll get on with the story, you know, after that. We've done, we've done that. She's in a coma. Okay, right, montage. So he, doesn't quite, he doesn't quite know how to sort of do the two, which was something that obviously, and again, I'll, we'll talk about it later, but Ryan Coogler does very well in Creed in that he manages to balance both. But it's, I think this is still a really good film. I think it's yeah. still one of the best in the franchise in terms of, of what it tries to do. And there's a, there's a few interesting little facts about it. Bert Young, who plays Paulie, he's visibly thinner in this film. And apparently it's because he didn't want to play Paulie after the first one again. So he lost tons of weight. And then he was he was in the film and uh, Stallone apparently wrote a line into the film to address it. So if you look, if you watch it again, look again, because you'll see that Paulie is thinner, which is interesting. And how long do you reckon Rocky's famous run where he's running up to the steps to the, of, of the Museum of Art in Philadelphia? How long do you think that lasted in terms of mileage? What, from when he starts from his house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably about a mile. A mile. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, it can't be more than a mile and a half, two miles, I don't think. Well, you're going to be quite surprised at this, right? Apparently, according to a, a 2013 calculation by Philadelphia Magazine, his run was 30.61 miles. No. <laughs> those kids wouldn't have done that. <laughs> say, there's no way those kids keep up with him for that. Well, this is it. That's what I thought. But apparently so. There was also a uh, an alternate ending which had uh, Adrian, Adrian and Paulie actually witnessing the fight in person as, as instead of back home with the baby. And then Adrian gets swept up into the ring and ends up in Rocky's arms to end the film. But that's pretty much exactly the same as the yeah. first film, isn't it? So yeah, it wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have worked. It would have just been a complete... You know, because the thing with, with all the Rocky films, obviously, is that the story is in many respects the same. It just, it just has different ways of getting to the same result. Really. So they had to do... If they'd have done the same thing every time, <laughs> I think it would have been a bit silly. It's quite funny how Rocky 2 is like really late for the fight. He gets there like <laughs> 20 minutes before. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't happen in real life. No, no exactly. He just, like... try, he just makes his own way there. Yeah, yeah, he, it just, he just yeah. strolls in. Ambles in. Yeah. One other thing about the first film, actually, is that um, there were two very famous fans of the first film. Do you know who they are? Any idea? Got me, I said, got me Muhammad Ali. Well, he, well, he might have been, but the two, uh, fa- two of the biggest famous ones were um, Charlie Chaplin and uh, Elvis. All oh, right. Yeah. Now, okay. Yeah, Chaplin died a few months after um, Rocky came out, basically. But he apparently wrote Stallone 
to say that Rocky reminded him of um, the silent film star of a character he used to play, God knows who. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he invited Stallone to come and visit him in Switzerland where he was living, but he, uh, he regretted saying no, Stallone, because obviously he died soon after that. And also, Elvis invited him to watch Rocky with him in Memphis just before Elvis died, because obviously Elvis right. would have died just after. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they were two big fans, which is a bit random. You can't imagine old, old Charlie Chaplin liking Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was Ali that kind of inspired him to write Rocky. Yeah. Ali thought, it Chuck someone? Who was this nobody jobbing boxer? And he, he went... The Chuck dis- Wepner. Chuck Wepner, yeah. He yeah. went the distance with him, and he kind of inspired him to write the film. Yeah. Because he'd watched that match between Ali and Wepner in '75, and he was Wepner was KO'd, TKO'd in the fifteenth round, um, but he lasted longer than anyone ever thought. Yeah. Which, which is again, is another theme with the Rocky films in that Rocky yeah. just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, should have um, been dead by the uh, <laughs> yeah. end of the second film. Basically, yeah. Beating How he's made it to seventy <laughs> and he's in Creed, I don't know. Um, I think the fight in Rocky Two is better. It's a bit more Do dramatic. Do you think so? Yeah. And more... It's choreographed yeah. slightly better, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's probably true. And then again, the music is great. Yeah. Bill Conti again yeah. on the soundtrack. So really, really great music. But I think the fa- my favourite track of all, because I've, I've listened to the Rocky soundtracks quite a lot. I've got them on Spotify. My favourite track is the, um, the the Take You Back song. Yeah. Take You Back. Brother do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, which his brother wrote. And he's one of the hobos singing yeah. it in the first film. Yeah. I love that song. Stallone directed a film called Staying Alive, which yeah. was the sequel to Saturday Night Saturday Fever, Night which Fever. didn't do as well. No. But it's one of my one of those films that glory films that you love. Yeah, yeah. That no one else does. And his he, brother's his brother does the soundtrack for that. Does he? Proper seventies <laughs> cheesy. Yeah. It's great. Great film. But, uh, <laughs> we yeah. do a podcast on we'll that. We'll get onto that one, yeah. <laughs> Some, consider that Kick nominated. A flick. Kick a flick, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that was Rocky Two. Let's move on. Let's go forward a little few few more years and let's discuss uh, Rocky Three, which came out in 1982. Um, again, written, directed by, and starring Sylvester Stallone. And this sees Carl Weathers return as Apollo, Burgess Meredith as Mickey, um, Talia Shire and Burt Young obviously as Adrian and Paulie. And this film also marks the debuts of. Uh, Mr. T as James Clubber Lang, <laughs> and even better, um, professional wrestler Hulk Hogan as the supporting oh, character Thunderlips. <laughs> We're already laughing, and this because this, this is the point that Rocky gets fun. Rocky Three was a slight change in um, distribution. It was MGM UA rather than United Artists on their own, and they uh, it was all because of the Heaven's Gate. Disaster, which I don't know if you know much about the Heaven's Gate thing, Matt. It was a flop, wasn't it? It was a massive flop. I'm, you know about this, Andrew, I'm sure. It's the whole... Yeah, it kind of made like a tenth of its budget at box office, didn't it? Yeah. Is that Warren, ba- Warren Beatty? It might have been. Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson, yeah, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Amazing Jeff cast. Bridges. Yeah. Jeff Bridges. John Hurt. John Hurt, Sam Waterston. Fucking hell, how, how does this film end up so shy? <laughs> Brad DeReef. <laughs> Terry O'Quinn, Mickey Rourke, Willem Dafoe. I mean, it's it's just got an incredible cast. And then, yeah, and then it made like three million off a 44 million budget and UA basically went bust. So they sold UA to MGM and then MGM in 1981 became UA as well. So this they produced Rocky. And this, of course, is where we get um, Eye of the Tiger, written by Survivor, became one of the most iconic songs ever, um, especially from the 80s and received an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song. Now, Rocky Three, 
Rocky three. I I I think I must say I I think it is fun. It's not one of the best. It's not. It's probably the least good one apart from Rocky five, really. But the next two are just two of the most fun Rocky films. Why then? Why? What is it about Rocky three that just makes it so fun? An enormous Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Enormous Hulk Hogan. I mean, that dude is towering above Stallone. Rocky's world champion now. He's kind of... (laughs) He's enjoying his fame and he gets extravagance. Yeah. And the film itself is kind of like that. It's kind of... He's he's rich, he's enjoying life and he's training in hotels and it's not as gritty as it was. Yeah. But then he's, the film uh, he's enjoying his celebrity a little bit. Quite silly, <laughs> yeah, over yeah. the top. Yeah, it's silly. Yeah, he is enjoying his celebrity. You're absolutely right. That's 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 exactly the way to describe it. And he's kind of getting a little bit too cocky, perhaps for his own good. It's it's, it's that one. It's this one that that happens. It is, isn't it? Where he gets a little bit. He's the champion, and yeah. he's a bit. He's at the point where he thinks nobody can beat him, and then Clubberlang obviously comes along. Well, Mickey kind of hides Clubberlang from. Rocky, yeah, Clubbang's destroying everybody in the yeah. heavyweight division, but Rocky's unaware of him. This is quite strange. Yeah, how would you miss that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's obviously you know there's a few key things with this. Obviously, you mentioned Mickey. This is where Mickey dies, yeah. and Burgess Meredith. Let's have a, let's have a word about him for a minute because I think he's he's great, isn't he? Yeah. In the first three films, in that you know the way he plays, you know, Mickey's got that old voice, Rocky. <laughs> 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 He's, I mean, he's a great... I mean, obviously, Burgess Meredith, he's known probably more so for, for playing the Penguin in the Batman yeah. 60 series. Um, yeah. But apart from that, it's it's Mickey that really... At very, not the end of his life, because I think he lived, like, until the 90s. So he was he was around a bit longer after this. He was in Rocky Five, wasn't he? He was, yeah, he's like a vision, isn't he? Like yeah. a ghost in Rocky Five. His, his shadow carries on casting over a lot of the, the rest of the films, actually. But I think he's great, isn't he? Burgess yeah. Meredith. He's one of those the good mentor mm. roles that... Iconic, yeah. Trainer, helpful people. He's just he's just got a certain way of playing the role. I think that makes him. You know, there's that nice antagonistic element between him and Rocky, and that he's not afraid to call him on things yeah. or tell him to you know stop being such an idiot. And he's very he's he's a bit he's a much he's a, he's a father figure as well. He's yeah. in a way as as well as a mentor. Which obviously the father and son thing is a big a big thing throughout the yeah. entire Rocky films. Really, it's it's it really it's what they're all about as well as the romance side of it. It's yeah, about the relationships, yeah. and I think the Mickey and Rocky thing is is one of the key ones. Rocky needs uh, Mickey as much as Mickey needs Rocky, doesn't he? So yeah, they need each other to carry on going, and I I think this is where where three is one of the better bits of three. Kind of then you lose Mickey and, mm. and poor old Rocky's a bit hopeless after that, isn't he? Doesn't know what to do with himself. And it, it's it's a good piece of plotting really to take Mickey out the out yeah. the action, isn't it? Because it makes. You know, he's he's he, everything seems to be going well for him, and then he's got Clubber Lang on his tail, and then to take Mickey out as well, he's very much like, well, I've got to I've got to step Start up and again. do this. Yeah, I've got to, yeah. Obviously, we've talked about Thunderlips, <laughs> Hulk Hogan, but what about because uh, who, who is? I mean, he is patently ridiculous. I mean, yeah, he's built, but the the whole fight of that is ridiculous, isn't it? It's all fake meatball. <laughs> meatball, meatball, yeah. It's hilarious though, but then it's Clubber Lang. I I gotta say, you know, everyone obviously associates Mr. T with the A team, understandably, yeah. and I put it at the fool and all this, but he's really vicious. Yeah, you know, he, he's oh, absolutely, he's terrifying he in is. that film. Yeah, he's really powerful. He's he's really unafraid of anything, 
and he just steamrollers over people, and he's he's tough trains as trains hard. Yeah, he trains hard. He's tough as nails. And even though, yeah, he, he, he's very eighties now, and he looks, you know, he looks very eighties, and he sounds yeah. very eighties. At the time, you'd have been Jesus Christ, this guy. How is Rocky going to beat this guy? Stallone is visibly thinner in mm. this film compared to the other, two, the first two. I mean, he lost about twenty pounds. Well, he says he got he got his body fat percentage down to his all time low yeah. here. And he weighed 155 pounds. Kind of make him look smaller in a way. Yeah. To Mr. T, who's like huge. Which may have been the, the idea. He said he's, he only ate 10 egg whites and a piece of toast a day, right? Having a fruit oh. every third day. Wow. And his training consisted of a two-mile jog in the morning, followed by a two-hour weight training, a nap during the afternoon, followed by 18 rounds of sparring, another weight training, and then finishing the day with a swim. Not a 30-mile run. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was crap still yeah. He didn't even do 30 miles. But yeah, can you imagine that? And then just having that a day. I mean, no wonder he was like a lean thing by the end. He must have been super fit at that point. He must have been in an awful lot of pain. I, well, yeah. I, used to, I used to do sparring for crying out. I used to get five or six rounds, and I couldn't lift my arms anymore. Yeah. Eight, 18 rounds? 18 Fuck rounds. that. Every day as well. The, the final fight in Rocky Three. Is brutal, pretty. Yeah, it's, it's quick, but it's so fast and it's true. I think that was the plan all along was to wear Mister T out. I think they mentioned it during the film. We've got to, yeah, got to put him away early. Yeah, and I think that yeah, it's really effective and really quite exciting. And then of course you know you've got um you've got thing you've got the use of the eye of the tiger, yeah. which just it just adds the montage. The montage. This is where you know when everyone on thinks <laughs> on the beach. This is where everyone, you know, when everyone thinks of Rocky, these are the things that they think of, um, and they associate with the Tiger. But you know, when you, I think when you compare Rocky three to the first two films, they are they are different, aren't they? I mean, it yeah. is a different, like you said, it's a it's a much more glossy sort of Hollywood feel to it. It's shorter as well, it's only like ninety minutes. Yeah, like it's a bit shorter. But why do you think that, they, that that Stallone went in this direction? Do you think it was because he he like Rocky, he was becoming a little bit Hollywood himself? I think so. He was top box office draw there, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, he was definitely. Uh, he definitely got that Hollywood route, hadn't he? He wasn't. Doesn't matter whether you're talking about the film or the the films he'd done afterwards. He wasn't an underdog anymore. He had selling power now. Mm. So I think it was. It was very much. You know, we'll make the film. We'll make it so that you know. Because I think the all of the films as they went on, to a point, maybe not five, <laughs> were uh, were almost a reflection of how Stallone's career was going. Yeah. So I, I think this is a good uh, Stallone's high point or the beginning of Stallone's high point, maybe. Mm. So I think it fits it quite well in that respect. I think that's true, really. Yeah, it it is interesting. It's very rare that you've had a film franchise that mirrors very similar the rise, you know, and to some extent fall of a Hollywood star. It's fascinating, really. There was also just in terms of interesting facts, there was a big debate over the Rocky statue in this because obviously, you know, in Rocky Three, you get the massive um, eight points eight feet six six foot tall two thousand pound statue of rocky and he donated it to the philadelphia museum of art after the filming concluded but the residents of philly were divided on whether or not they the statue deserved to remain at the top of the museum steps um the art commission eventually placed it on the sidewalk of the philadelphia spectrum sports arena it briefly returned to the top top of the steps in 1990 for filming rocky five but then it went back to the spectrum until 2006 and then it was travelled to the base of the art museum steps for its 30th anniversary, where it remains. And obviously, it's it's featured again in Creed, and you see it. You know, it's still there even now. So you know, it's 
that's an iconic thing in itself, isn't it? And it's interesting how that has imitated life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's gone the other way, which is fascinating, really. How a film, the character becomes so linked with his city, the actor has, and the, it's just yeah. fascinating the way it's worked, isn't it? Really, wasn't it the uh, the mayor of Philadelphia or something said that Stallone and, and Rocky had done more for Philadelphia than anybody else? Yeah, to put them on, put them onto the map. Which I mean. Like I said earlier, Philadelphia was and still is a little bit, a bit of a shithole. So, you know, anything to make it look good, I suppose they'd need the publicity, wouldn't they? Well, yeah. So, that was Rocky Three. Moving forward a little bit more, we're still in the zone of madness. <laughs> and now we're going we into go. what is... Pro- here we go. Now we're going in <laughs> to what is probably the, the Rocky film that people <laughs> remember the most... And I f- perhaps fondly think of the most. Rocky IV um, was made in 1985. Again, written, directed by and starring Sylvester Stallone. Again, it um, co-stars Talia Shire, Burt Young, and, uh, albeit briefly, Carl Weathers. And he's joined this time by Bridget Nielsen and Dolph Lundgren as Ivan Drago, who we mentioned earlier. And uh, Rocky IV was the highest grossing sports movie for 24 years until it was overtaken by a film called The Blind Side. And it's the fourth uh, most successful Rocky film um, in the series. In the film, the Soviet Union and their top boxer make an entrance into professional boxing with their best athlete, Ivan Drago, who initially wants to take on Rocky Balboa. His best friend, Apollo Creed, decides to fight him instead, but he's fatally beaten in the ring. Sad face. Enraged by this, Rocky decides to fight Drago in the Soviet Union to avenge his friend and defend the honour of his country. Let's... (laughs) I have to laugh because it's because the Wikipedia Same article. Say, well, it's <laughs> yeah, really, it, it sounds mental. Really dramatic. It really does. Critical reception was mixed, <laughs> but the film earned three hundred million at the box office, and then led to the fifth film. But um, <laughs> Rocky Four, Rocky Four is absolutely bonkers. Mental. It really is mad, isn't it? But it but it, it is the one people think of. It's the height of I don't know, America at the time, the eighties, the Cold War. It's the epitome of America at that time. Well, it's one of those films, isn't it? Like, if if you had to name one of, if you had to name three films, I think that that's that sum up the eighties. I think, apart from Back to the Future and maybe possibly The Breakfast Club, I think Rocky Four, Rocky Four is probably it. Yeah, because it yeah. it's just so synonymous with its decade. It's just ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> but, <On> all counts. <laughs> But but what, but, but fun, ludicrous, but fun. Why? I mean, what 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 led Stallone to go down this route with it? I'd love to see the script of Rocky Four. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be that. It can't be that very big. Just like two pages. Yeah, my video. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Three was quite extravagant. This is extravagant on non drugs. I do. <laughs> A different level. It is a bit. It is bad. What what I think. What what he wanted to do obviously was to make a political statement yeah. with this, didn't he? You know, he wanted to. You know, like a like a lot of films that involve the Soviet. You know, Cold War. This was at the very end of the Cold War. You know, this was this was the point where in the Bond films, for instance, you know, the head of the of MI6 and the head of the KGB were having a nice cup yeah. of tea in the office together. It's it's <laughs> we're at that point of the Soviet of the Cold War where they're all really just like old men mates now. But then you've got Stallone's wanting to make the point that there is still a battle to be fought, you know, and that's why Ivan Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren, is just a you know, a titanic slab of muscle. 
who <laughs> just comes in as like the you know waking the Russian bear and decides to just you know um, kill an American hero in Apollo. So it's it's not really it's not about boxing. I mean, even more than the other films, it is not really about boxing. This is it? No, not at all. It's definitely a uh, East versus West film, and I mean, it's it's daft though, isn't it? I mean, you can't take it you can't take it seriously. It does it does have a very serious message. I, I remember watching this. Like I say, we we done like all six in the space of about a week and a half, yeah. and by the time I got to this one, I was like. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> it, well, I mean, okay, f- as far as I'm concerned, this was kind of like the beginning of the downhill portion of this franchise. Yeah. But you watch it, you go, oh, Jesus. I, and you can see the point. You can see that, you know, there's, like you say, the Cold War's done, and but there's still, there's still that tension. There's still something going on. But I can't see any of that through what is essentially the Terminator in the ring with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. It's interesting because there is some analysis on this and it says that scholars note that the film's strong yet formulaic structure emphasises the power of the individual embodied by Rocky, the prototypically American hero who is inventive, determined and idealistic. They contrast that with Ivan Drago's hyperbolic characterisation as a representation of Soviet power in the context of the latter part of the Cold War, which is what we've talked about. Stallone highlights the nationalistic overtones of the Balboa-Drago fight throughout You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At the film, such as when Drago's wife calls the United States an antagonistic and violent government that is filled <laughs> with threats of violence to her husband. Drago's trainer comments that American society has become pathetic and weak. Drago represents the totalitarian regime, demonstrating his power when he topples an arrogant opponent, which is Creed. Later on, the radio announcer says, Ivan Drago is a man with an entire country in his corner. Scholars note that Drago's ultimate defeat and the Soviet crowd's embrace of Rocky represents a crumbling of the Soviet Union. So it's really about Rocky going to Russia and winning over the Russian people. (laughs) So what what you're actually saying is, 
America, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. It really is. We were not the only people who think it was ridiculous. It won five Golden Raspberry Awards, uh, including oh, Worst Actor. No. <laughs> yeah. Bridget Nielsen got nominated for it as well, didn't she? She won. She won Worst Supporting Actress. Um, St- <laughs> Stallone won Worst Director. Um, Nielsen also got Worst New Star. Um, and it got Worst Musical Score. And it was nominated for Worst no. Picture, Worst Supporting Actress for Talia Shire. Wow, yeah. Worst Supporting Actor for Burt Young and Worst Screenplay. So it was generally just panned. That's a pretty massive turnaround from the list of Oscar nominations that yeah. the first one got, really, isn't it? It's ironic, really, yeah. It's completely gone. You know, it's it's it, ten years earlier, it was being... It, I mean, people forget that it won Best Picture. I mean, my God, if you ask many people, did Rocky win Best Picture? They wouldn't say yes. And it did. Yeah. I think it's got to a point now, though, that Rocky Four. In the, in the way that a lot of films from that era that were slammed have become have found a new appreciation, yeah. I think Rocky Four is now in the camp of, we know it's a bit dodgy, but it's great. <laughs> well, Stallone was Rambo by then, wasn't he? Kind of put a bit of hints of Rambo into this kind well, of a one-man... Yeah, machine. Well, he, for when, when he won America. Worst Actor at the Golden Raspberries, it was tied with this and First Blood Part 2. Yeah. So it was the same year, really. It was a, it, this was him at his height yeah. of, of fame, yeah. really. I, I think I think it's great. There was there was some interesting stuff though about how Lundgren nearly forced Carl Weathers to quit at one yeah. point because um, in the middle of the exhibition fight between Apollo and Drago, uh, Lundgren tossed Weathers into the corner of the boxing ring. Weathers shouted profanities at him while leaving the ring and announced that he was calling his agent and quitting. Throwing <laughs> his toys out the pram. I love it. Oh yeah. It was only after Stallone forced the two actors to reconcile did the movie continue. Um, it caused a four-day work stoppage while Weathers was talked back into the part. But again, Carl Weathers' arrogance mirrors yeah. Apollo's arrogance. It's probably why these guys played these characters so well, because they were a bit like them, really. I think he had seven grapes that he was killed off. Yeah, he Carl never liked Weathers, that, yeah. did he? No, he was, he was angry about that for a lot, a long time. Because he was trying to, at that time to be like a, a star himself. He never really got... No, he made Action Jackson, yeah. and, <laughs> and that was about it. So that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. It never really happened for Carl Weathers, and then he cropped up on Arrested Development and made a lot of good. Um, oh, yeah, he's in Arrested Development as a directing a film, and it, it's it's really funny. He's Dylan in Predator. Well, he's Dylan in yeah, Predator. Yeah, 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 that's true. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, that that was bro- that after that though. It's just it it just goes downhill, doesn't it? Really from there. Oh yeah. But uh, do we know where? Um, what, where they filmed the Soviet Union scenes were, 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 were doubled. Canada or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember reading it when I was doing my thing for it last year. I can't remember. Yeah, it, it was Wyoming and Canada. Yeah, the training montage, the epic training montage. <laughs> There's two? Yeah, well, that, the one where he's um, just before, like, he's fighting Drago. So I think that's the one where he's out in the in the snow, isn't it? Because there's one when he's climbing up mountains. He yeah. Run, and then he meets Adrian. Yeah. Adrian flies to to meet him, and then there's another one when he when he climbs up the mountain. When he climbs up the mountain, that was filmed at um, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah, and they, 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 they it was so cold, minus twenty degrees, that the camera equipment froze <laughs> when they were filming it. Apparently, at one point as well, Dolph Lundgren almost literally broke Stallone. He punched him so hard in the chest, put him in hospital for three days, didn't he? Yeah, that he's Stallone's heart hit his breastbone. <laughs> began to swell he basically punched him through the heart effectively in the film they say Drago can punch X yeah. amount of pounds per square inch which would probably kill someone <laughs> yeah. yet, yet Stallone 
Rocky gets battered the yeah. 14 rounds. And he's still Although we get into that rule. That yeah, we, later. Right, exactly. Well, um, it's pretty preposterous. It's mental. But apparently, had Stallone not gone to the ER and had intensive care for eight days, the heart would have swelled so much that he did die. He would have died. I think, yeah, we can, I think we can agree Rocky Four is the, the craziest part of the franchise. And the fight on Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> that it's would not, never happen. It wouldn't happen, would it? No, <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. Maybe Boxing Day, understandably. <laughs> Worth mentioning as well, that's the song for that montage was written specifically for that film, and it was fucking terrible. <laughs> it may be one of the worst songs I've ever, ever heard. I can't remember what it's called. One Way Street, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, by Go West. Yeah. Yeah. Awful, awful song. It's it's no Eye of the Tiger, is it? <laughs> no, no, it ain't. So that was Rocky Four. Moving on, let's go on to Rocky Five, which is uh, 1990, and this is the uh, fifth film. This is only written by and starring Sylvester Stallone. It's not directed by him. This one was directed again by John G. Avildsen, who directed the first Rocky. Um, which won him an Academy Award for Best Director. This film, again, co-stars Talia Shire, and it, it stars Stallone's own son, Sage, playing his playing Rocky's son, Robert, and real-life boxer Tommy Morrison, playing a character called Tommy Gunn, who is a talented yet raw boxer. So it's a film that is jointly about Rocky coming to train the young Tommy Gunn and his own relationship with you know a young and quite off-the-rails Robert Balboa. Reception to the film was generally negative and it was at the time considered a very disappointing inclusion when this was presumed to be the last movie in the series. Stallone himself has since admitted that too he was disappointed with how the film turned out. In fact, he was on, I think it was Jonathan Ross. And Jonathan Ross said, "What out of 10, what would you give Rocky 5? And he went, zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it did uh, 180 million, so it was below Rocky 4 and, of course, Rocky 3. And this is the final appearances of Talia Shire and Burgess Meredith, who, as we say, comes back as Mickey in a, a vision. And it was the last, due to the low box office result, it was the last Rocky film which United Artists had any involvement in. And, of course, the last Rocky film for a good 15 years. I remember when I was watching them last summer, I was asking you, Matt, about these, and you said to me, Rocky Five is the worst one. Would you it stand is. by that? Yeah. It's very disappointing. I don't know what they were thinking, really. <laughs> <laughs> Considering he wrote it as well, and... It just doesn't work. There's so many things that they get wrong. Mm. Like, at the end of Rocky Four, his son's, what, seven or eight? Yeah. And yet in Rocky Five, set almost when he gets back from Rocky, and his son's age, like, doubled in age. An age in, like, the five-hour flight home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he fell through a time slip on yeah. the way back. And then there's the, what's his name, the promoter. George Washington, George Washington, yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah, over the top, Don King, yeah, George Washington, yeah, basically Don King, yeah, it's just very poor, it's a shame, considering like, the fourth, the Rocky Four is bad but fun, this is just bad, it's not fun, did you not enjoy it? No, no, it's just the poor end to it all, well it's not the end, but it was, yeah, but it was at the time, at the time it was uh, disappointing. What about you, Andrew? Do you similar sentiments? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's anything redeeming about five at all, is there? I mean, even when uh, even when Mickey makes his little ghostly appearance, by this point, you, you know, you should be cheering and really wanting something good to come of this film. It's just so boring. It is boring. Yeah, I think because obviously they brought the original director back from one, hoping that you know his him directing can maybe put it back on top, 
And, you know, Stallone's still writing and Stallone's gone, okay, so we need to make this maybe a bit more of a family drama than just about the boxing. And it just, nothing in this film fits with anything else. It's mm. just, it's broken pretty much across Lots the board. Lots of Talia Shire doing monologues. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's true. It's just, there's just a lot of... Whimpery Talia it's Shire. Shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, you know, their financial troubles and, and think falling on hard times. It felt like a direct, you know, it'd gone to the point where it was so massive and insane with with Rocky Four and a bit of Rocky Three building up to that. And then it felt like he'd gone, right, well, I can't top that, really, in terms of madness, unless I have Rocky fighting in space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, what what can I do? So he, he, in, in fairness, I think his, his intent was to bring it a bit more down to earth, a bit like, you know, again, to use the Bond series as a parallel, Moonraker to For Your Eyes Only, yeah. you know, just pulling it back down a bit and going, right, let's just settle it down a bit and make it more gritty and grounded. And I think what he's trying to do, he's trying to recapture the first film. Which he does do in Rocky Balboa next, yeah. but he fails with this because he's at the point where this is 1990. We're not in the age where people wanted gritty, down to earth films for a start. No. They want it was still in the age of the mad blockbuster with craziness. And you know, after after Rocky Four, you've waited five years for a new Rocky film. I don't think it's what people wanted. And he was still quite. He was still big then, wasn't he? Still yeah, there? and he'd done a, he'd done a few dodgy films he in was, that time. This was his Tango and Cash era, yeah. you know, and he was. Yeah, he was kind of in a bit of a dodgy phase. One he never, he never quite got out of, really, in many respects. Yeah. I think he embraced it, though, didn't he? So yeah. You're only, you're only a few years, at this point, you're only a few years away from films like Demolition Man, which was amazing. I yeah. don't care what anyone says. But it's a stupid film. And Stallone's done the right thing by embracing the stupidity of the films that he has to do. Yeah. And I don't think he quite got that with this one. I think he tried to be too down-to-earth and too grounded in that. I think it failed quite miserably. Yeah, it backfired. In a post-Raging Bull world as well, and that's a problem. Yeah, it's true. He, he was he was trying to he was trying to emulate something that I think he got away from, and, and he'd changed a lot since then. You know, and obviously that's part of the story with Rocky, and that he struggles because he's changed a lot, and it's built up to this thing. The other thing I think people Rocky by this point had become a superhuman character. You know, he'd become a superhuman American hero, and people didn't want to see him having hard times with his marriage and his and his finances they they wanted him to be fighting like super soviet yeah. <laughs> you know boxing villains <laughs> he got so far away from rocky in rocky in the first rocky film and the first two films it's so distant from that i think people just struggled with it and and he struggled with it and he didn't really know how to do that until he was much older and in an age where the reboot and the you know the reimagining almost the grounding was 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 in vogue and worked, and that was when Rocky Balboa came out, which we'll get to in a minute. But I think it's just a miscalculation, definitely. Interestingly enough, though, this was definitely meant to be the final one because throughout production, Rocky was supposed to die. Oh, yeah. The ori- yeah. the original plan was that Rocky's killed during the fight with Tommy and dies in Adrian's arms, um, and it wasn't until the film was nearing completion that Stallone decided against Rocky's death and went with the current ending, um, the original ending. The director and the studio had second thoughts about it, and he rewrote it. And he said he changed it because Rocky was supposed to be about perseverance and redemption and having him die in a street brawl would be against the roots of the series. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I mean, as bad as the film is, it still has that dragging yourself up by your bootstraps feel to it, doesn't it? And I, I don't think you get to have that if your your main character, your inspirational character dies at the end behind a pub, you know, yeah. beaten up <laughs> behind a pub. It, 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 it kind of, well, it, but it, it it doesn't just ruin that film, does it? And it wouldn't just ruin that film; it would ruin the entire series yeah. if you ended it like that. 
and I think they absolutely done the right thing to not a lot not let that happen. Not only because it means we get Rocky Balboa and Creed, but it just it would have been a terrible ending to the film. It would have been a real downer, wouldn't it? And I think people yeah. would have rebelled against it. It's as silly as the the ending is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, it it would have been really sad considering to lose the Tommy Gunn is yeah really not very good. He's shit in it, yeah. Can't act the toffee and it's just, yeah, I think the. I say as silly as the whole film is, it the ending they got kind of they got, they got it right in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by making that choice, I think though it's the one that people don't remember. It doesn't, you know, sustain in people's minds. And I think there's a reason for that. There's lots of good ideas in it, mm. like getting his brain pummeled by Drago, which yeah, is what happened. They never really go into that, mm. and the, he, the fact that he trains a young up and comer, which. He does eventually with Creed. Yeah, yeah. There's some good ideas, but there's never they don't get it right. It's not the right time, no. and it's not the right film, and it's just it's just miscalculated. But yeah, I think you're right. I think, but but he he gets into those ideas later. You know, he yeah. does he does get there, which feels like a good time to actually launch into the sixth Rocky film, and in technically the last Rocky film in a, in a sense, the last film that is directly about Rocky, which is Rocky Balboa. Uh, also known as Rocky Six, is a 2006 film, um, again, written by, directed, and starring Sylvester Stallone. And it sees Rocky uh, in retirement as a widower living in Philadelphia, the owner and operator of a local Italian restaurant called Adrian's, named after his late wife. And Adrian has obviously died in the, the interim. According to Stallone, he was negligent in the production of Rocky V, leaving him and many of the fans disappointed with the presumed end of the, of the series. Stallone also mentioned that the storyline of Rocky Balboa parallels his own struggles and triumphs in recent times, as we've, as we've said. The film also stars Burt Young back as Paulie, much older, Rocky's brother-in-law, and it's his last appearance in the Rocky series, and real-life boxer Antonio Tarver as Mason the Lion Dixon, uh, the current world heavyweight champion of the film, and also Milo Ventimiglia as Rocky's son, Robert, who's now an adult. It was released in 2006 and... It exceeded box office expectations and critical reaction was positive. Rocky Balboa is, I think, apart from... Well, I would, I would, I would have originally said it just apart from Rocky, but now apart from Creed as well, because Creed is better. But I think it's a ter- terrific film. Yeah. I really liked Rocky Balboa. And I think it does right everything that Rocky V did wrong. It's an apology. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It puts right what Rocky yeah. V got wrong. yeah. What what is it then about Rocky Balboa that works so well? It humanizes the character, doesn't it? it mm. He's not allowed to be a superhero anymore because he's he's getting on a bit, you know. He's he's lost his wife. He's he's just living his life, and he's about to say he's, he's not allowed to be the superhero that everyone wants him to be, and so he just gets to be the every guy again. And I think that's where it, uh, the genius in that film lies. It's almost kind of parallels again Stallone. Mm. This is one last shot of one last <laughs> shot of glory. Yeah, because his career had kind of flummoxed since since yeah. then. It was his another chance to give it one more go. Because this and was just works. well, yeah. Did he direct this? He did. Sorry, yeah. But and because this is just before the Expendables really kicked off, wasn't yeah. it? And he kind of made a sort of semi comeback at just as Arnie was coming back yeah. a little bit, and you know all those things. So he was. It, but it was just before then that all the heroes of the 80s, shall we say, yeah. had faded a little bit. Yeah. And they've started to make certain comebacks to a degree in recent years. And the, the old men, uh, hard men, are in vogue. As well as, you know, things like, you know, Taken with Liam Neeson and, 
you know, Sean Penn having a go unsuccessfully, admittedly, but you know, <laughs> but you've got like all the all that it was coming back in fashion. So even though Stallone was like nearly sixty when he made this, do you believe that Rocky could get back in the ring? And that because that's what it that's what it hangs on. Not at that age, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, you you see it quite a lot in in other like let's let's call them combat sports or things like MMA. And you see uh, the older guys coming back and trying again, but well, boxing's the same. The sport evolves to a point that the older guys just can't keep up. And it's not to say they they're not good at it. It's just you have to be thirty times faster than you were back then. So all that all that speed he got back in the day training with Apollo, it just it wouldn't it still wouldn't be enough anymore. With that though, I think you know that is I suppose a little bit of where the the, the dramatic license and the superhero human element comes in in that Rocky is such a hero that the whole arc of him rediscovering himself and what he can do and finding some meaning again and reconnecting with his son is another you know another element of 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 the fact you can believe it even though it's it it wouldn't probably happen in real life be very unlikely you can believe it I think I do I do think and we're, we're back to the same conversation again aren't we I think it mirrors Stallone's comeback though, doesn't it? Mm. Because you know, when when someone told you I'm gonna, you know, Stallone's making an action movie with Arnie and Bruce Willis and all these other big stars, the first thing that went through your head went was, "You've got no chance." <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's gonna be shite. And you know, he proved it. You know, whether you like the Expendables or not, the dude came back and made an insane action movie. Yeah. And I, I think the mirroring is there with Rocky Balboa again. I think he, you know, you didn't think he should, he would be able to do it, and yet there he was coming back and trying to do it. I think what I like about Stallone, though, is that, you know, I mean, it, everyone assumes with Stallone, because he's a little, he's got a little bit of that voice, you know, and he's, he's, he is an, more of an intelligent man and a talented man than people give him credit for, Stallone. And, he, and they, yeah. they, they always, it's always been this way. People remember all the, all the glossy mad shit he's done. And the fact he's very Hollywood and, you know, everything. But he's got a real talent at making you care about things, you know, even when he directs, when he writes, when he performs. And without spoiling anything, we'll get onto his performance in Creed in a minute because that is one of his best in his entire career, quite honestly. But he really knows how to, I think, tug the heartstrings without quite going into sentimentality. He gets close, very close at times. There are very few characters, I think, that you you care about so much as Rocky, especially in a film like this, where he manages to balance that with a really good story and some quite grounded direction that evokes the first two Rocky films. It's a, quite like a trip down memory lane, isn't it? Yeah. You kind of you see bits, elements of the first two films that you loved, like with him yeah. drinking the eggs and yeah, yeah. his training and his trainer, it's... It's like a nostalgia trip, yeah, and it's bringing Rocky to a new audience, which yeah, and the love and people liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it did as didn't do massive money, but it did enough to prove that Rocky's still popular. Yeah, it made um, 155 million on a 24 million budget, which is which is a good profit. Yeah, that's all right. That's not too bad. I think from from Stallone's point of view, it probably doesn't didn't need to make much money. He just wanted. The ser- okay, so it's not the series end anymore, but I think he wanted the series to end on a high note, and that yeah. would have been the perfect ending for him, especially the way it ended. I think it would have been, the, the for Stallone, would have been how he wanted the Rocky franchise, or the Rocky legacy, as they're calling it with Creed. I think, you know, they would have he would have been happy with it finishing there, being able to erase the memory of five. Definitely. 
There's a deleted scene on the DVD, I think, with showing Rocky winning. It's not the same. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. I mean, he gives it a good go in the fight, but he's not. He wouldn't have felt if he'd have won. Then that everyone would be going, "Oh, well, who's he fighting next?" Yeah, yeah. What's the next one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It it does mention how there was a uh, there was an original uh, ending that was filmed where he, he goes in favour of Rocky. I think I think the right the right ending was. Yeah. Was there? What do you think about his opponent? What do you think about Mason, the line Dixon? The line. <laughs> better, better than Tommy Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. He's not the most memorable, is he? But he's he's he's, he's a good he's an enough. Actual boxer, wasn't he? Um, Antonio Antonio Tarver. Yeah. I think he's a good embodiment of uh, more modern boxing as well. He looks like a whether he is or isn't. He looks like a modern day boxer. Whereas you know, so it's he looks like the kind of guy that a a long time ago champion would be going up against nowadays. So you get a good feel of how, uh, you know, what Rocky would be going through if this was real. I think he does really well. I think he's quite good. Yeah, and he is a boxer. He's um, nicknamed the Magic Man. Um, he's a former WBC, WA, IBF light heavyweight champion as a former IBO cruiserweight champion. So he's, you know, he's, he's a quite a successful, he was a quite a successful boxer. So yeah, it's having that authenticity is, is good. And um, I do like the whole, like, the whole thing about the... Um, the CGI younger Rocky as well <laughs> um, up against him. A very video game thing to do, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, they motion captured Stallone for that apparently and then tweaked to get him the way they wanted him. To do the characters like Mason Dixon well as well because he's kind of he's kind of like Rocky was in Rocky 3. He's yeah. world champion, he's got all the money, he's got, he hasn't got a challenge. Yeah. It's kind of this, for him, it, it was, it need, he needed it he more needed than probably it. Rocky did. Yeah, that's true. There's a few interesting things. Obviously, I think it tells that Bill Conti comes back to properly score yeah. Rocky Balboa, which is which is really good because it has the same kind of themes and that be- those beautiful you know soundtrack elements. Obviously, there was a conscious decision made not to have Talia Shire appear as Adrian, and he said in the original script she was alive, but it just didn't have the same dramatic punch. And I thought, what if she's gone? That would cut Rocky's heart out and drop him down to ground zero. And I, I think a very very good idea. Even Talia Shire was in agreement. She said it had great regard for the process of mourning the film. That he uses mourning to empower Rocky, and Adrian is made very mythical. And I think she's, I think she's right there. I think that that's what it does. It kind of, yeah, it is. And you, you really feel for him in that he's lost the woman he loved so much, and that romance was very central to the first five Rocky films, and it meant a lot to him. And I think that's great because, again, it's another thing that he needs to push past in order to to find himself again, which is really good. But yeah, if Rocky Balboa was a was a great way to end Rocky, then I don't think. Anyone quite expected Creed, which is the newest film, to really be a new, a new beginning almost, which is which is in, in effect what it is. We're not going to go too spoilery on this because you, Matt, haven't seen Creed no. yet, and we don't want to spoil too many elements from it. Creed obviously is about Adonis Johnson, who is a uh, a young fighter played by Michael B. Jordan in the modern day, who seeks out Rocky to train him for a uh, a, a a fight and to become a fighter. And that's about as much as I'll say on the plot, really, in terms of that. But I thought Creed was brilliant. And I thought it was, it was, I knew it was going to be good. I had a real feeling. Ryan Coogler's a really good up and coming director. Michael B. Jordan's a good actor. And I like him increasingly. But I was surprised at how much I loved this. Andrew, how about you? What did you think? I think, I mean, I, until I got to Creed, Rocky Balboa was probably my joint, let's say joint favourite Rocky film along with the first one. Yeah. I, I prefer. I prefer Balboa just a little bit more, only because I came to it more recently. 
and it, it was the more recent in memory when I went to watch them again. But Creed has blown them away. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat. Mm. I, you know, fists clenched, wanting to fight along. It was such a great film. I've been screaming Michael B. Jordan's praises since I first saw him in Friday Night Lights all those years ago. Yeah, and I've been waiting for him to do something really good since. Because he, you know, he had a bit part in the wire before Friday Night Lights, and he was in that bloody awful Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> yeah. So, so actually, I mean, to be fair, when I went into this, I was like, oh Christ, this is going to be bad because they're not going to, they're not going to use Michael B. Jordan as they should do. And I, man, was I wrong. Yeah. I, I was absolutely blown away. Outside of the fact that Adonis Creed sounds like the dude should be, a, or Adonis Johnson sounds like the dude should be a porn star. <laughs> the, uh, I just, yeah. It, I, I was amazing film. Uh, I'm because it came out this weekend, didn't it? Yeah, in England, so, in the UK. Yeah. So, so I went to see the preview screening of it, and, I, and there's a couple of films I've seen previews of that are now out, mm. and I now really want to go and watch them again. And Creed is definitely one of them. So yeah. I'll be taking another trip to the flicks to see it before it leaves. It's that good a film. Well, one of my friends who I went to see the film with, uh, Matt Latham, who's been on the podcast many times, he took his dad the day after we went to see it, and uh, he loved it just as much second time around. And he found new things in it. I think what it what it does so well is it tells a really, really good story that honours the legacy of Rocky and what the Rocky films were about, but does its own thing as well as being very in in honour of Rocky. And the way it uses Rocky himself is brilliant. And Rock and Sylvester Stallone's performance in this, without going into details, is wonderful because Rocky has his own story involved in this alongside Adonis, and it's great. And it's it's it Stallone is brilliant. And, it, and I can see now why he was nominated for an Oscar. And why he won the Golden yeah. Globe, and I, I, I really think he's going to get the Oscar for this. I, I really do. It would be good if he I won. think he should. I think he should. Then become we've come full circle. <laughs> yeah, we have. He deserves he was it. Nominated, wasn't he, for the first one? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. So it, it would be nice for him to Golden Razzies aside. It would be <laughs> nice for him to finally be acknowledged for the role that he's playing. And I don't think he's. I, I think he's probably more deserving here than he was in Rocky because he's. So many more. Oh God, I'm going to use the word. There's so many more dimensions to his character in this one. Yeah, I, yeah. I really think I'm glad he's won the Golden Globe, and I really think he'll be he'll be taking the Oscar home with him. I hope so. I really do hope so because it's it's a great performance, and I think it, it's just a really really well put together movie with a really great score as well. Actually, not by Bill Conti, but it's very much in tune with his original film, and it it really does deserve it deserves appreciating alongside the best Rocky films because it, it does everything that you didn't know you wanted it to do almost and I think that it's for me it's gone straight into my second favourite film of 2015 in terms of the years it was made I don't, I only think Max Mad Max was a better film last yeah. year for me Mad, I, yeah absolutely Mad Max if it's in a top three list with Mad Max and The Revenant doesn't matter what order you have them in that's a fantastic list yeah. and I do think and I I I try not to get involved in those kind of arguments, but I do think that Creed and Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Moss's face not being nominated mm. this week in the Oscars is nothing short of a fucking travesty. I know. I I think I think that at least the film and and Coogler should have got a nod, really, and Michael B. Jordan possibly as well. I mean, yeah, I think possibly. It needed more there, love. It did. There are a couple of shots, and I say I won't ruin anything. I, yeah. I promise you. But there are a couple of shots in Creed that are they're long takes. 
Yeah. That are, you know, they're only three and a half minutes long, long takes, but man, by the yeah. end of them, you're just, you're breathless. Yes. Yeah. I know the one you're and, talking about. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I was, and I felt you, exactly the same. For you to get to the end of that scene and not go, this dude needs an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just, it's, it's abysmal. True. You'll know the one we mean, Matt. Definitely. When we, when you get there, it's, it's great. And it's, it's a real return to, to greatness for a franchise that you know he's remembered for being silly a lot but he actually the Rocky the Rocky films are a lot stronger and, and better as a whole package than people remember and it's yeah. it's nice that it's got to a point now where they're really going to be revisited and, and looked at and hopefully listening to his podcast will make you go back and revisit the Rocky films and enjoy them because they are great fun except five except five yeah. <laughs> except five yeah <laughs> skip five I, I do think Creed takes it full circle though because we are back yeah. to the same the same thing that you've got uh, Stallone's career definitely mirrors Rocky's and now he's you know he's the old guy doling out knowledge yeah you know when he doesn't have to do anything else he just has to be himself and do his thing and I think it that fits perfectly because they've because they've, they've said Creed 2 is coming out now haven't they yeah it's yeah, yeah. Creed 2 there's some so, crazy rumours about Creed 2 as well which are, which are hilarious we won't talk about them just in case no but, um, so, but how, however <laughs> that soon <laughs> Now that yeah. might be worth a watch. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the seven Rocky films, and we're going to finish um, just quickly with um, the favourite moment uh, of the podcast, which is always the question time quiz. So uh, I've prepared seven questions <laughs> um, for one for each Rocky film <laughs> this week. And you, you two are going to go head to head. So um, if you just call out the uh, the answer, if you know it, then we'll go from there. Okay. So are you both ready for seven questions on Rocky? I've got my buzzer. Yeah, go on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> He's got your buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's go. Question one. In Rocky, the first film, what is the name of Rocky's pair of turtles? Jesus Cuff Christ, and Link. Dude. What was that, Matt? Cuff and Link. Cuff and Link, well done. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Cuff and Link, which, uh, we, which they're lived... they real pets, are Real pets, and they lived quite a long time, they're actually. In, they're in Rocky Balboa, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they, they're the same turtle, so they lived for like four, 30 yeah, years. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the turtles are in Creed as well. Are they the same ones? They might be. You never know. Okay, in question two, what book does Rocky read to Adrian oh. in Rocky 2? This was on last night. I don't know. Any idea? No, not a clue. Uh, it's the Deputy Sheriff of Comanche County. Of course. Um, by <laughs> of course it is. By oh, yeah, that was going to be my guess. Oh, damn it! Of course. <laughs> oh. By uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, published in 1940. Okay. Um, question three. According to his grave marker, how old is Mickey when he dies in Rocky Three? Now I'll oh. give you. A, I'll give you the point for a good guess here. Oh, seventy-four. How old was he when he died? 74. 74. 88. 88. Andrew gets that one because he was 76. So <laughs> that's the closer answer. And I think Burgess Meredith was about... He might have been about 88 when he died because he died a bit later. Okay, question four. Where does the fight between Apollo and Drago take place in Rocky Four? Now, if you can get... I'll give you a point for Vegas. the... Vegas. Well, it is Vegas. Vegas. But I'll give, you, I'll give you both a point for that, but an extra point for... Where where in Vegas it was? Is it the MGM? Yeah, the MGM Grand. Okay, yeah, you've got that one. Okay, so that's. Um, I'll give you two points there, Andrew. Well done. Okay. <laughs> Question five. According to his memoirs, which boxer 
was offered the role of Union Kane in Rocky V. You might be not su- a Tyson. not Scooby, not Mike Tyson. Oh. You might be surprised at this one. All right, Go on. it was Frank Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Frank That'd Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Point to you, Matt. Okay. Question six: When Rocky is hit by Mason in the fight in Rocky Balboa, the commentator voices that his who would have felt that punch. So his ancestors or something. Well done, his ancestors. Yes. Yeah. His ancestors would have felt that punch. Okay, now this qu- final question is just to you, Andrew. Um, well, and this... That seems mean, but then again. <laughs> In a certain scene where um, Adonis is with a certain character, and I'm being very, very vague here, <laughs> in Creed, name the film playing on the TV. Oh, uh, Daylight. No, it's no. not Daylight. Oh, no, shit. Daylight was in Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's Skyfall. Oh, yeah. But I, I, can, I can see why you'd said Daylight, though, because the scene is when the train is crashing into the... Um, the tube yeah, train is okay. crashing, yeah. and it does look I a bit remember, like Daylight. I saw it and went, that looks like Daylight, and then it came, I remember going, no, 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 that's Bond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good guess, though. Good guess. Okay, so after um, seven questions, um, the scores are... Andrew has scored three, and Matt, you have scored four. Ooh. So well done. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. So that was that was a quiz. You did quite three. well there, gents. It. Actually, that was that was pretty good. Well done. Okay. So that brings us to the end of our Rocky retrospective. It's been a lot of fun trawling through these films, and uh, hopefully we'll get we'll come back for Creed two when that comes out one day. So it just leaves me to um, thank my guests, Matt and Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, Matt, uh, is there, can, we, can we find you online anywhere? Are you on Twitter or anything like that? Uh, my Twitter is at BigMatt, B-I-G-M-A-T, 1982. Okay, cool. Give, give Matt a follow. Interesting uh, tweets about films <laughs> and the wolves. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Andrew, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Brooker411. I just chat crap about films and that's about it. You are, you are also on the X-Cast, which is the other uh, I am. podcast that awesome. you know, I do about the X-Files. You've cropped up a few times on there. Where I also only get three points in the quiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just can see four episodes. You've only got three points consistently out of six. I, the questions are really hard, though, in fairness. Yeah, we, of course, as I said, we're at uh, on Twitter at Pick a Flick Pod, so do give us a look, and on Facebook at Pick a Flick, and again on iTunes. So uh, please do look us up. We'll be back. And uh, interestingly, I know I said that I wouldn't be back till uh, the end of March, but I couldn't resist for the Rocky special. But we'll have a succession of guest hosts, um, including obviously Emma Platt, who was uh, recording the last episode. But we've got a few other guest hosts from different podcasts, um, which will be really fun coming up, um, including you, Andrew, actually. You're going to host one for us, aren't you? I am. I'm absolutely terrified. (laughs) (laughs) You'll do fine. It's, if I can do it, it's easy. So yeah, it uh, will be carrying on with um, some interesting films coming up. So um, do keep listening. And thank you, incidentally, for the nomination of Rocky Four, which is why one of the reasons we did this from the, the Do You Expect Us to Talk crew. Um, so cheers, guys. Um, so yeah, we'll be back soon. So um, we'll see you again. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.